A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ball hit towards Cavani and he scores and Benfica snatched the lead in stoppage time I'm Rio Ferdinand and this is the BT Sport Champions League podcast last night Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid were in Italy for their round of 16 first leg clash with Roma while Ghent hosted Wolfsburg in Belgium joining me for the best BT sports analysis were Rafa Benitez Gary Lineker Michael Owen Matt Smith Alex McLeish and Andy Brassell Ronaldo But it's the moment of magic that Real Madrid have been waiting for. Oh! That's the impact off the bench that Real Madrid were looking for. And that's a huge goal for them and a huge goal for Hesse. Rio, no team has ever uh, come from 2-0 deficit in the first leg at home. So it, it appears that Real Madrid will be probably our first quarter-finals. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, there doesn't look like there's any chance really for Roma in the next leg going to the Bernabeu. Even if they'd got a nil-nil, it would have been difficult, but they've had a, been a, had a, been a chance and they'd have been in the tie. But now, it's a, it's a very, very tough, tough, tough task. Mm. I suppose, I suppose Dan will be happy with the way it panned out, KG in the first half, and then getting that goal made such a difference, didn't it? Yeah, we were talking about the goal, so they made mistakes and everything changed. You know, Spalletti will not be happy uh, with the defending of his team. After, when uh, they changed the shape, it was even worse because they were leaving more space for Real Madrid. So We've seen Ronaldo cut in from these positions so many times. Yep, yeah, it was a, pre- a pretty simple goal, wasn't it? Um, just a, a nice switch of play and a ball down the channel and he uses his pace well, cuts inside. Doesn't run at players as much as, as maybe in the past. We were looking at some stats before the game, seeing his, his less dribbles, and I expected him to, to try to go and take a few on. But I know you had a few views on this one, Rio, from a yeah, defensive point I think the, the defenders, he's not covered the two centre-halves, they haven't covered the full-back, and the full-back hasn't even seen Ronaldo. He's looking at him, but I think he's more looking at the ball than looking at Ronaldo. And it's a great trick. Him to run in. But, yeah, I mean, the skill to get the chance to open up the game for a shot. I mean, that's on his weak foot, the chop back, and then inside on his right foot where he's lethal. And uh, he punishes them. Yeah. But I think it could have been prevented with better defending all round. I suppose to have a player like that in your team, it, it always gives you a chance, doesn't it? A player that's capable of doing something magical. Yeah, he's a great finisher. He can score goals and then you know when he's on the pitch, if he has a chance, uh, always uh, will be there and he can score. So 
And uh, for the defenders, uh, I was surprised uh, talking with Rio because Florenzi was too far away and the defenders, the centre-back, they were too far away when you know that he's a threat. Mm. And I suppose if, if they were too far away in the first goal, well, the second goal was no different. Surely as a defender, the very least you want them to do is, is come into the box. So you, somebody has to confront them outside the box where there's less danger yeah, and no chance of giving away a penalty. Yeah, it. exactly. And, and as we saw before there, De Rossi's behind the full-back. He should be telling him when to go and attack the ball and where to push him. You should be having him on a remote control and push him where you want him. I don't think there's any communication there. And as a left-back there, he's, well, he should have the initiative himself to be able to go and do that. But the Rossi is a centre-back. He's a centre-midfielder yeah. playing as a centre-back. Mm -hmm. Normally, he was playing in a line of five or three defenders. He was in the middle. Mm. But uh, he was playing now in a line of four because uh, Roma has conceded. So that is the reason why for me he was... He's not the quickest. He uh, was coming from an injury the other day in his calf. So he was dropping off too much uh, without protecting the left full-back. Look at in a performance like this and the way Madrid are going at present. You know the team very well, of course, Rafa. Can you see them being a real threat against the real big boys in this competition? Do you think they can go all the way? I think they will continue... Growing in confidence, that is the main thing. So uh, when we were there, we knew that uh, these uh, massive games were crucial for, for them because it's a challenge. I say it's a very competitive team. So mm. if they progress, that it seems that they will progress, obviously, mm. uh, it will be more motivation for them and they will be more dangerous. Mm. I suppose when you've got players like Real Madrid, they're always going to be a threat against anybody, aren't they? Exactly. I think their home form... They scare the living daylights out of other teams. At the Bernabeu, they, they, they can knock four or five past anyone. I just think the big couple, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, they're not daunted by going there. And they can get a result there themselves. So I think they've got a chance, but I'd, I'd say that Munich and, and Barca are probably the two favourites to lift the trophy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I just think the big difference between Barca and Bayern Munich compared to, to Real Madrid is that them two teams are teams. This team, Real Madrid, rely on individuals to produce. You, st you still think Real Madrid are a bunch of individuals? I think they're individuals. Yeah. I think they don't have no pattern of play where you say, oh, this is what you see all the time with them, and it's a cohesive group of players. I think they give the ball and get the ball out to Ronaldo and say, go on, go and try and do what you're doing, or, or Bao, or Benzema. If they're not on form, yeah. they'll struggle. The other teams, there's other players who can come into it. Do you think that's a fair criticism, Rafa? We were trying to, to build a team Mm. Because we, we knew that we have we had uh, very good players, but um, still you can see some uh, weaknesses in the team. So the space when they were Salah was running behind uh, Marcelo. So all these things I did, I think that they can try to fix these things. But um, if you play against a very good team, mm, uh, it could be dangerous. Not because they, you can they, play for that. They have the thing in Madrid, don't they? That you, you know, that it's all about the Galacticos, the superstars, etc. Is there ever a pressure, or do you feel a pressure that? You know, sometimes you have to put all of them in when perhaps for the team it would be better perhaps not to. Yeah, you try as a, as a manager, you try to manage the team, but uh, you know that the, during the week uh, you have a lot of people present, people inside and talking and talking all the time. So you have to have uh, the power, strong character to say, I will do this, I will do that. But the relationship between players is crucial. So yeah. some people say, why you play this player? Don't play this player. Yeah. But uh, the relationship between players inside, maybe... Did you get those kind of calls yourself from the, the, the president? Uh, <laughs> why, is, why is he not playing? Yeah, but if a player's worth 70 or 80 million pounds, well, yeah. like Hammers, uh, to, for a president to say we're going to leave him on the bench, that's just, like, crazy, no? 
Yeah, the, the point is that the, you have good players. You see Kovacic, or you see Casemiro coming, or Jesse. So you have good players around. You have a good squad. Yeah. But if you want to compete at the end of the season against Barcelona, yeah. against Bayern, you have to use the squad during the whole season. You have to have a team. Um, I suppose in some ways there must be a degree of frustration that you're not actually in Rome with Real Madrid right now. Yeah, obviously, someone that is coming from the academy of Real Madrid, I was there with a really proud to be there and enjoying uh, every time then uh, it's a pity because we qualified without uh, losing any game and scoring a lot of goals and we were really pleased with the, the team and it's a pity that we are not there. So why do you think it happened, Rafa? I mean, it's, it, it seems crazy. 68% win record, joint highest scorers, as you said, in the, in the group stages of the Champions League, seemingly going well. What happened? Why? It's difficult to explain, so you need to know exactly... Um, uh, what happened in Real Madrid in the last years? You could see Camacho, Del Bosque, uh, Pellegrini, Mourinho, Ancelotti. So it's not easy to no. be the manager there, and uh, you have to, de- to do everything perfect. As soon as something is wrong, or they think, the chairman thinks that it's wrong, then you start having problems. I think that we were quite good, as I said before, but uh, obviously you were expecting to improve at the end of the season because uh, the experience that we have is to manage two games a week and then we could uh, train for five weeks without just uh, uh, two games with one game a week. I think that we could do really well, but uh, they were a little bit nervous and then the fans were a little bit nervous, the chairman was a little bit nervous and then they changed the manager. There's many times I've heard from, from other Real Madrid managers that have been there, there's a lot of interference from above. Is that true? My assistant, Fabio Pecchia, was saying that um, you have a permanent presence of the chairman. He's around, he's talking with players, he's talking with the press. So he's always around, it's not easy for a manager, especially when you know uh, the experience uh, coming from England, for example, that the, to see the, the chairman talking with players or the chairman talking with the press every single day. It makes life very difficult as a manager. Do you think it's possible to manage consistently well at a club like Real Madrid the way it is at the moment? When you talk about consistently, that is the key word, because um, to win the league, you have to be consistent. And then you, can, you have to fight against Barcelona. And Barcelona has a style of football, a model of football. And then Real Madrid is changing managers every year, so you have to start again. And, and that is the reason why Barcelona has won, uh, or Real Madrid has won one league title in the last seven, and Atletico Madrid has won one and Barcelona five. Barcelona now is in six uh, cup finals in the last eight years. They have won double trophies than Real Madrid or more than double trophies in Real Madrid in the time that the chairman is there. So I think that it's because they are consistent and that is the key to win uh, the league title. So in many ways, the chairman stroke presidente, uh, whatever you want to call him, is is perhaps the fundamental problem at Real Madrid. He did a great job uh, in terms of business because uh, Real Madrid needed to, to improve the business part of the of the club and then he did really well in football the problem uh, is Barcelona still winning and winning so he's changing because he's trying to find solutions but still Barcelona is winning uh, or they are winning more more every year that is uh, the big problem for Real Madrid now mm. and, and, and the players themselves how did you get on with the players and, and the support oh, from them really good the players are very good professionals very competitive uh, so we had some injuries especially the time when they play with the national team we have players coming. We have three uh, international breaks with two players coming back uh, with injuries. So this time we were managing more or less the squad. Our idea was to create a squad, a team with a team spirit that could compete against Barcelona, especially at the end of the season. Mm. But um, 
But that takes time, Rafa, doesn't yeah. it? You need to be given time. Is, is part of you angry, bitter, frustrated? What's your emotion? Yeah, frustrated a little bit because I was sad. I say that yeah. I was sad because someone that was uh, 20 years uh, working in Real Madrid mm. as a player and as a coach, then you go there and you could see the, the players, they, again, I would say they are really, really very competitive, good professionals. So to see that you couldn't control things in the way that you would like to do it and then to improve the team as a team, so it's a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Michael, you, you were at Real Madrid, of, of course. Was it, did you sense that kind of um, situation when you were there as a player? Yeah, no question. I mean, you, Madhouse? You get, yeah, Casa de Locos. Say, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Spanish football is very different to English, especially off the pitch. And yeah. the influence of presidents, um, the media is very, very powerful out there. And of course, you know, if a, if a, a president has to, I mean, he gets elected every so often, mm. so he has to gain votes, and that means he starts feeding media. And, you know, and it's got to be someone's fault. If, someone, if, if a team loses, it's got to be someone's It's not going to be his. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, of course, it, it's yeah. very difficult. I mean, it's very difficult as a player out there. Every training session, you're, you're almost judged with a mark out of, out of 10 just from training, let alone playing. And I, I can't imagine what it'd be like as a manager. Here's Draxler. Villarinha and Draxler. Pocket of space. Opening goal for Wolfsburg. Draxler. Oh, it's cheeky. He's done it again. Over it comes. And another Wolfsburg goal. Max Kruse joins in the fun. Change of direction, comes. They've got one back through their skipper. Saif and Kalibani. 3-2. Julian, congratulations on the victory. Is it a little bit hard to be very happy, though, after the two goals conceded at the end? Yes, exactly. That's the problem, that we uh, get the two goals in the last minutes. Yeah, I think uh, we did a very good game. So um, we had the lead 3-0. And uh, the last, the last two goals for for Ghent, it's, it's not so good. But I think, uh, yeah, we have all possibilities to to go through the next next round, and uh, we will, we will see them again in three weeks. As that game kind of went potty <coughs> in the last ten minutes, Alex. I know. Did I ever say that Ghent always gave a good comeback? You did. <laughs> I don't think I did, but. But it was a great finish for them. They restored a bit of pride because it looked as if it was going to be a bit six. You know the way that Wolfsburg were. Picking them out, or, mm. or picking them off at ease, but they gave the ball away too much. And Van Herzebrook said this morning that they can't afford to make mistakes. They made too many tonight. Yeah, both teams ultimately made maybe too many mistakes. Really. There was was there some concern about just how that game finished from a Wolfsburg point of view? I think I think you saw everything in the second 45 minutes with this Wolfsburg about this season. You know, you see the tremendous potential, mm. great individual players, uh, but you also see the wonder. They're vulnerable uh, periods in the games. And um, for a team, for a top team in Germany, uh, being 3-0 up, you should ride it out, you know. And now game is on again. So they can't afford to go sloppy into the second leg because I tell you what, again, they're a brave team. Alex mm. mentioned it. They will attack and they can score goals like they did in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes the games that you don't expect to uh, entertain do exactly that. And it was, it was a good watch that second half for, for all the, the shortcomings on both sides. It really was, and you know, we talked about the quality that Wolfsburg have got on the bench, but really I think the moment where it started to unravel for Wolfsburg, funnily enough, was with Andre Schuller coming on. Of course, that was at the beginning of the first half, but 
they were a little bit exposed on that right-hand side. You know, I think Robbie Savage said in the first half, maybe Ghent could make some inroads down the left. You know, they showed signs of maybe doing that in the first half. But that was the bit where they really came on strong in the second half, at the point where Wolfsburg looked like they had it won. Do you give him even a puncher's chance? Uh, I, I don't see it. But I, I think some of them look tired. But I have to say that they made too, too many mistakes tonight, you know, giving the ball away. And you see the, the netto pass, that summed it up. You know, that's not like the, the, the Ghent that I've seen last season and certainly not the Ghent that I've seen many games this season as well. You're not quite feeling the 4-4 in Wolfsburg. No, but, but <laughs> it says they, they, they brought on good... They made yeah. good substitutions. They made a lot of chances. Well, well they did a lot of efforts to go. I don't know if they've quite got the quality to go to Wolfsburg and turn the tie round. And in truth, although they've been pretty hopeless on the road in the Bundesliga of Wolfsburg. They have been, as you'd expect, decent at home. Yeah, very much so. I think in the, in the Champions League, they won all their, all their home games. And uh, in the Champions League, they normally they show a different level of concentration. And I was very surprised at what happened in the last 10 minutes. Uh, for me, the team looked leggy. And not only trash, I think another players as well. And, um, yeah... Hopefully, hopefully they have enough in the tank for the for the second leg. Yeah, certainly Julian Draxler, who scored two tonight, will be hoping so. Albeit against, yes, limited opposition, it's fair to say. But sometimes a night like this in a big competition can just bring a, a player to the boil. Might be a little coming of age for Draxler. Yeah, and you, you know what? Ever since he was a teenager at Schalke, Draxler's had real, real great mental strength. And you have to be to cope with the pressure of a club like Schalke. You know, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world in terms of people coming through the turnstiles. And he was always able to handle that. And the season before last, he got Schalke through a playoff to the, the group stage of the Champions League against Pauk, virtually single-handed. And, you know, there were some big players mm. who couldn't stand up to the pressure. He did, and he scored the vital goals to get them through. On Tuesday, Chelsea left France with a valuable away goal, following a 2-1 defeat to Paris Saint-Germain, while Benfica snatched a late victory against Zenit St. Petersburg. Here's more of the best bits with Michael Ballack, Glenn Hoddle, Owen Hargreaves, Harry Redknapp, Julian Lorenz and Lindsay Hipgrave. It is Ibrahimovic and he's deflected off the wall and in, and Paris Saint-Germain lead. Julian's balling goes a long way and Lovely ball hit towards Cavani, and he scores! Of course, the result is, is negative on one side. Uh, on the other hand, it's always important to have a away goal. But it hurt a bit at the end, because I think the team was about playing very decently against a team which has a lot of capacity to play. So, at the end, uh, yeah, it hurt a bit, but still, still we are in the race. Uh, Rio, good spectacle. Yeah, very good game. I think Chelsea will be much the happier team, an away goal. Um, and we said before the game that the, the back four have to play well, but also the goalkeeper, and I think they were all up to, to a man. They've done well today. I think they were very, very good. Worth the, worth the away goal, definitely. I always thought, Michael, that 2-1 is, is, is kind of the most even of all scorelines, possibly, in these circumstances, do you think? Yes, but I think, like, uh, I agree with uh, Rui, it's, uh, it's a fair result. Uh, Chelsea done a great effort, uh, they had a great fight, I didn't expect them that good, uh, to be honest, but um, they have to do it again at home. Yeah? Don't step back, same performance, and then I think they have a good chance to win. Now, I've got to give you some credit here, Glenn. You said at the start of the game that it would be 2-1, pretty much. Well, I thought 2-1 would be a good result, actually, for Chelsea. And I think they... And I th it wasn't like they were hanging on in there. It was a good 2-1, if you see what I mean. They've lost the match, but they were always in that game. Even, you know, after the 20 minutes, 
Paris had a right go at them. They showed a lot of character and actually started to control the game when Paris Saint-Germain scored. But second half, I felt they were always in the game. They always looked like they could defend as a team, but break and, and, and create chances. So it's a good performance from them. They'll be happy with that. One nil at home gets them through. I suppose in many ways, given it was a makeshift, you know, central defensive partnership, Chelsea were pretty resilient by and large. Yeah, they were. And uh, we mentioned it earlier that they had to perform well in, in defensive areas and the goalkeeper had to play well. And I think he made a lot of saves today. They made a load of blocks through to the, put their bodies on the line. The courage that they showed. I think they surprised a lot of people today, not only us at home, but also the people in the stadium and the Paris Saint-Germain team, the way they came out and were playing and really kind of met them up the, up the pitch and really put them under pressure at times. And the game kind of ebbed and flowed two different ways. And, and, and uh, we all expected, really, Paris Saint-Germain to be on the front foot for most of the game. But it was really it was quite, it was a real good battle today. I suppose, despite the fact they've lost in, in the end, Michael, that... that Chelsea showed the metal that perhaps was missing for a large part of the early season. Yeah, they had this, uh, they put this effort in. I mean, uh, I have to give them a compliment because they looked fresh from the start. They were always attacking. If you see Costa, Pedro up front until the end, how they chased the ball. Um, that looked really good and they were a little bit disappointed, which they don't have to be after that result, especially after the performance. Uh, should give them confidence, you know, and uh, hopefully... Yeah, they can can uh, repeat this uh, performance at home. Paris Saint-Germain are a good side, though. Oh, they, are. they are a good side, and they came at them, didn't they? First 20 minutes. But I think if I was hitting, you'd show them from 21 minutes on. 21 minutes, Chelsea took the ball away from Paris, kept it, and started opening up, getting chances. Costa should have scored, and it was strange that they went up the other end and scored. But there was so many periods away from home against, the, as you say, Gary, a very good side, where they were in control of the game. And I think that gives them a lot of heart to go to the bridge and do what they've got to do. They know what they've got to do. They've got to defend again, because if they get a clean sheet, I think they'll score. Mm. But it's tough against Paris Saint-Germain to get a, a clean sheet, because they've got players like Cavani who's come on and made the difference. Uh, Chelsea centre-halves, your territory, Rio. No John Terry. Zuma injured as well, of course. Bit makeshift, bringing Ivanovic in. Did well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And they were there. That, that, that ball they defended brilliantly tonight, the front post ball. They got in a few times, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but that Cahill done that probably four or five times in the game, Ivanovic a, a couple less, but they've done that well, really. And, and Cahill hasn't played many games this season and, and Ivanovic hasn't played centre-back for a while and, and they've really done well. And He's given the manager food for thought, I'm sure, in, in, in the coming weeks because these two really done really well. That's where I felt that period of the game when they scored at 1-1. That's where... Chelsea missed Matic. If Matic and, and Mikel had been on the pitch, that you just, we were sitting here saying we need they need to be solid. They need to get a real solid base. And that was a time maybe if Matic was playing and Mikel would have come on then, or they'd have played together. And I, we just we could smell it, couldn't you? We're sitting here saying, look, they've just got to tighten up a bit. But it was great movement, to be fair, to yeah. get in the. the Sometimes you have goal. to say. You get balls that are just great balls and great movement, and yeah. you have to hold your hands up and say that as a, as a defender. A couple of times it happened to me in my I remember at Stamford Bridge, uh, Matter played a ball to Denver Bar, a similar type of run, and, and scored. And you beat yourself up about it, but when you look back and after time, you say, listen, it is great movement, it's a, it's a yeah. great finishing. Yeah. Only one that, had, that could have stopped that was, was Courtois. Yeah. Courtois stays in his goal and makes the angle difficult for him, and probably Cavani doesn't take the shot. And if he does, he's, then, he's earned the distance to make the save. Yeah. We may have been a bit critical of Courtois for, for the winning goal, but he, he made some decent saves in the night, Michael. He makes good saves, but not unbelievable saves. For me, in my opinion, a good keeper has to save them, and he is a good keeper. I mean, we compare them always to the highest level, and, and that Champions League is the highest level, and uh, 
He made a good game. I mean, his position in the box is mostly brilliant. You know, he has this vision, this feeling for the ball. But in that uh, specific moment, when Cavani scored, scored, uh, we were not sure. Maybe he goes through, yeah, make this decision, go through or stay back. It was a little bit unlucky for him. Yeah. He'd be a goalkeeper, eh? that's, for, that's for sure. Hugely valuable goal, though, that one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. It, we will see. I mean, it's totally open for me, the match again, because PSG has the class also to make a result away, to be honest. And Chelsea, you could see in some uh, uh, parts of the game, uh, the confidence is not over 90 minutes, still not there, because they all always carry this, this Premier League season uh, with uh, themselves. Yeah. And, and, and you could see there's some five, ten minutes, really good moments where they pass the ball around. You think, oh, now the confidence comes back, the old Chelsea come back, comes back. But then they drop in old things back where, where you see why they don't step up, why they yeah. lose control, even yeah. against a strong team, of course. Uh, of course. But if they build up this more and... and, and I think sure. it's a more nervous proposition for Paris Saint-Germain when they're over there. They know that if Chelsea score one goal and they keep it at 1-0, they go through. Mm, okay. It's a difficult result, position for Paris Saint-Germain, I believe. Rio, I, it's interesting evening for Chelsea. What did you make of Diego Costa's evening? Yeah, I thought he... He's done a lot of running, a lot of effort. I think in the last few weeks, he's looked like the Costa of last season. And today, he, he, was, he was very, very, very good. Do you think without the mask, he would Yeah, score? I was just going to say. Huh? I was just going to say, that header, I, that I, mask I, I, put him off. I, I played once with one. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, it's a little bit... You're not, you don't feel as comfortable oh, yeah. as without. But it slips over your eyes. It's a little eyes. bit different, you, you know, the vision and, yeah, and uh, 3D is a little bit... Different, of course. Put you off a little bit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you'd, you'd have thought so. Well, we'll give him the benefit. He still of the should have scored with the mask on, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take oh, it no, off. No, take no it excuse. off and head it, and then. <laughs> <laughs> All part of the skills. Uh, Ibrahimovic, um, you know, I think he was very relevant in the first half. Kind yeah. of gradually went out phased, the game. Out mm. Got deeper, didn't he? Come yeah. deeper to get the ball. First half, he did some lovely things to the eye. He really has got talent, the lad, mm. and he looked sharp and. Uh, Obviously got his goal from the, the free kick. I think as a centre-half, he plays in loads of positions that aren't really threatening for you. Well, it seems like he's a player who's really emotional, you know? Yeah. If things are going well, he's fantastic. And sometimes I miss the part, the, the, the importance he has for this, game, uh, for this team. Mm. So when it's a tight game, 1-1 or they... 1-0 losing, yeah. I expect more from him, you know? Yeah. He should step up even more. And sometimes it, it looks like... He steps back, he waits yeah. for the moment that, that uh, uh, yeah, the teammates uh, uh, bring him in position, he but he has to do more. I yeah? think he goes, he goes into positions where there's less responsibility yeah. when the game gets tough. He goes away from the number nine area he in did. the box where you've got to really take the ball. Back at Stamford Bridge, that's it. they made that a fortress over the last few years, and mm. if they can recreate that atmosphere and, and the way that they play and difficult to play against the Stamford Bridge, then they're going to have a real chance. I think now we'll see what this Paris team are made of. They're going to have to, to do well. It'll be a balanced game, because if, they, if you come back from here 3-0 or 2-0, then they've got to go gung-ho, they've got to go a little bit open, really offensive. But this is a one that they can put Matic in there, and if everyone's fit, John Terry comes back in. You know, they can tighten it up and, and say to Paris, come on, and we'll hit you on the break. If you remember two years ago, they trailed 3-1, didn't they, and, and came back in the latter stages. That's that what he Having said. said that, last season, won all, of course, away from home and didn't manage it, so it's, it's balanced. I yeah. mean, I think PSG is... Uh, they can wait now for me. They have their win. Uh, even if Chelsea has this away goal. But today they had to show something, they had to attack. We, could, we, we saw that from the beginning. They looked comfortable, they 
they passed the ball around. They didn't create much uh, chances, but they looked really mm -hmm. strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they can wait. So they, I think they are able to play both sides. They yeah. can step back. Um, they have a good counter-attack. They have quick wingers as they can put pressure on the team. So it's a really both strong team. Both teams can wait then, because uh, that's what Chelsea haven't got to force it. They've only got to get the one goal. Mm. So it's going to be a canny, uh, a canny game at the bridge. Yeah, it's some kind quite, I think, emotionally difficult, isn't it? Psychologically difficult when you've got just a slight lead about how to go about your tactical game plan. Yeah, and if you're not experienced enough, it can create nerves because you're caught in, in two worlds and you're caught, shall we go for it, shall we sit back? And, and sometimes the emotion of a game and the environment you're in, the stadium, etc., can really kind of force you out of your game plan. And if you haven't got the experience and the personalities on the pitch to really say to your team, listen, we, we're going to go out there and play a certain way and stick to that. As I said, if they can control their emotions in, in a place like Sanford Bridge, then they'll, they'll, they'll go well to win that game. I think Chelsea supporters have got a big say in this as well. You know, that place hasn't really rocked all season, rightly so. They haven't done enough on the pitch, but this would be a nice... Nice saved win. everything. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> saved it for this, yeah. And, and th they're not going to wait for the team and the players to get them out of their seat. They'll be out of their seat from the first minute. And I think they've got players, Chelsea, that will respond to that. And let's see if Paris is strong enough to, to deal with that. We talked about the central defenders. Who else impressed you in the Chelsea performance tonight, Michael? I must say, Fabregas, I've seen a few, few games from him and uh, I'm always impressed by him the, the whole season. He was not that... But he's Obvious. had a lot of criticism for his performances, early, certainly earlier in the yeah, season. Yeah, but he's a, he's a serious player. He, he, he knows what he's doing on the pitch. And even if he's not very active on, on television, like today, uh, he has always this... He makes 80 90% the right decisions in terms of passing, in terms of running, closing space. And um, Aspilicueta was really good, uh, especially first half. He had some great challenges. He was really quick into the game. So, overall, it was a really... Good performance, a good Chelsea team. They put a lot of effort in. Also, the, the, the wingers, both, they played their part. Like Gusset mentioned it, they, they played their role. I think he was asking for that to cover the two full-backs. Um, but they have to do it again. I think the, the two centre-halves um, had a huge responsibility today and they stood up well. I think with the likes of John, John Terry missing... With Zuma out, not being a natural partnership, not playing together often, I think that was, to come in and do that mm. away from home in the Champions League and knockout stages is a, is a big ask. Vandovic looked well. a centre half, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's, he's a played a fullback all his life, but he does for look Chelsea, like he, does, but he, he looked naturally a good centre half, and that might be something they think for the future going forward. Whether that's the reason behind John Terry. Not, not staying, possibly, I don't know. But he looked really quite solid. And uh, I mean, they bought him for that position, and uh, yeah. I think he feels more comfortable in, yeah, in that position yeah. than as a right-back. Sometimes he, he looks limited yeah, when he's yeah. stepping, and go, he's going over the half-line, but nobody expects that from yeah. him. It was he's, a tough game he's very for, solid. It was a tough game for Baba Rackman as well to come in at that level. Mm. And I thought he did well, defended solidly, got a great crossing for Costa that should have been a goal, and, and credit for him as well. Prisciutto mm. is going to walk here for a second yellow card. Said it's St. Petersburg are going to have to play stoppage time a man light and Benfica have a free kick. Well, we are past the 90th minute as Gaitan plays it in and Benfica snatched the lead in stoppage time. Andre, that is a cruel defeat so late in the game. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I thought that we were um, good in the first half and uh, we looked solid. We, we wanted to hold on, of course, to the, um, to the result as it was to take it to the second leg. 
Uh, unfortunately, via set play, we um, we conceded. Uh, still, uh, I can only congratulate the players. Uh, tactically, they were there. They were there uh, for the team. Uh, physically, they were there too. So uh, we look to be on track, to be in shape for uh, for the second leg. We will have to attack more, create more chances. Of course, it's going to be a, d- a different game. So now we have to um, focus on um, on turning the, the the leg around. Uh, we will need to be a little bit more competent in attack, create more situations, because we didn't uh, create probably enough as we wanted today. And um, and I think the, the the tie with 1-0 is still over. Harry, was it what you expected from a first leg tie there? Yeah, it was a tight game. I think we expected a tight game, and uh, it's even you know, well set up now. But uh, Benfica, you know, to go away, they've you know they've they've not conceded an away goal. They've got a one goal advantage, so they're in good shape, really. They've got to give themselves a real chance in the second leg. Did you feel they they edged it, Benfica, Owen? Yeah, I think they definitely edged it. There was another terrific chance from Gaetan as well that he that he just missed. But I thought they were the better of the teams. They dominated possession, and I think obviously Zenit came to get a draw, get a get a you know, a good result away from home, but uh, I think Benfica were the better side of the two, even though they won a ton of chances in the game. Did you expect more for, from both tonight, Jules, in the last 16 of the Champions League? Well, it was a bit, the form of, of Zenit was a bit unknown because they hadn't played for two months. I think it's, it's really hard, even if you train hard and you play friendly, it's not playing for two months. I think you, you're going to pay at some point, and I think they did towards the last 20 minutes of the game, really. And, 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 and for Benfica, playing at home, the first half was a bit disappointing, even some part of the second half, but in the end, I think Gaetan and, and Jonas as well, who's been in incredible form since signing on a free from Valencia two seasons ago now, just, just edged it a little bit and, and give them that advantage for the second leg. Well, Harry, there was plenty of cards shown in that match and indeed it was a sending off that led to the goal. Krishita with a second yellow card. Do you feel it was a little bit harsh, the, the yeah, second yellow? You know, it's... Uh, he's, he's, he's come through the back of him and uh, it's a double whammy. I mean, you know... It's not a bad challenge, though, is it, really? There's, a, there's not an awful lot in it, is there? It's, uh, no. You know, it, I, couldn't, I couldn't sit and say it was, a, it was a vicious challenge and it was a harsh, I think, harsh sending off, second yellow. But it cost them dearly. Not only a sending off and, uh, the go, you know, they conceded the goal. So, finished up a bad night. One of the best strikers at the moment on form in Europe at the moment, Jonas, his 25th goal of the season, just... Confidence sky high for him. Well, he obviously needed a bit of service. He didn't get any of that in the first half. Set pieces is a way to do that. And Gaetan puts in a terrific ball. And I think Jonas, is, like Julian said, in the last two seasons, he's shown that he's, when he gets the service, he's a very, very good goal scorer. The leading goal scorer in Portugal this season. And he proved that there. It wasn't. There were, I mean, just, just to come back on the foul, there mm. was no need for Crescito to do that foul. No, there was no he, danger uh, behind him, it was, was there? It was the 90th minute. The player is back to your goal. You, there's no danger. Yeah. There's nothing. Just, just let him get It's very right. similar to the Vasilevsky foul for Leicester against Arsenal at the weekend. Oof. We see it again, look. He doesn't need to go there. There's 30 yards behind him between the, 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 the forward and the goal. Just let him, just, just block him, don't let him turn, and that's it. And your job is done, and there's three minutes to go after that, and, and you, you end up near need. Instead, you give a free kick, yeah. and then and Vasilevsky with Leicester against Arsenal the last minute. Mm. It's similar. There's no need for him to go and make that foul, and Ozil for Welbeck, and that's very similar. As a manager, as a manager you're sitting on the touchline, you're saying, don't foul, don't foul, no, no free kicks. You know, you don't let ball loaded into your box. They're not going to score in open play. You could see that they hadn't scored for the, for the previous mm. 89 minutes. Don't give free kicks away. Don't invite the ball in the box. Silly free kick. Especially when you know you've got a referee who's already handed yeah. out a few cards. With the send-off, mm. but also with the goal. It cost them the goal, you know. 
guess at that point he was already going to miss the second leg as well, Crescito mm. with that, that first yellow card. In the way of chances for, for Zenit, Jules, not too many. I guess there was one for Axel Witzel at the start of the second half, probably the, the closest they came. Yeah, we saw, uh, we saw Hulk's free kick in the first half, obviously, and, and this shot for a long, long range from Witzel. That's all what they've been able to do. I think that it's one thing to, to have a game plan where you try to play on the counter, but if you can't even counter, then your, your game plan, your game plan is, is useless. And there was not enough threat going forward for them. It's disappointing because Danny and Hulk and Juba, they're good players, mm. but they look like they didn't really want to going forwards. Mm. Yeah, okay, we'll It'd be get... a different game away. Freezing cold night. Mm. Probably a snow-covered pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will test the Benfica team yeah. there for sure. There's some cracking games next week, Michael. Which one? Well, let's start with Arsenal-Barcelona. I mean... I mean, they keep getting them, don't they? It's not a great yeah. score for Arsenal. And especially with that front three, you think, how can they possibly compete? That's right, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a horrible draw, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's horrible, but it's also wondrous. It is. And <laughs> Arsenal, uh, you know, they're not afraid. They've, they've got, they set out and they play this a similar way all the time. They can score goals. Yeah. Um, whether they can stop them against those three is, is another matter. But it's a brilliant tie. And... You know, and if they do get knocked out in this tie, it, it, it's not end of season for Arsenal. Obviously, they've got no. you know fully charged for the Premier League title as well. So it's a big sort of third third of the season um, for Arsenal. There's plenty to play for, and it looks a tough one on paper, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, Barcelona are so strong at the moment, aren't they, Rafa? Yeah, we were talking about uh, that before. They have a style of football, a model. Every player, they know what they have to do, and now they work as a team. And they have this team spirit and confidence in themselves. So it's quite difficult to stop them every game because they are patient. If they have to keep the ball close to your box for two minutes, they can do it. So yeah. no rush and then after they will score. And that front three, Rhea. We can't wait to... It's I mean, beautiful. you just love watching them play, don't you? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, the other, the other week, watching them, the second half. The second half, they, they just, they just in, They just enjoy yeah. putting the ball on a plate for each other. Yeah. Go on, you score. No, no, you score, actually. I want you to score. I'll give you a hat-trick this week. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's like playing in the playground at school, what they're doing. And, and they're playing at the top level. And as I said, you've got Suarez. I think he's been the icing on the cake. He's been the final piece in the jigsaw because he's so selfless. But he demands that two centre-backs have to take care of him because of his work rate. He's, he's potent when the ball comes in the box. And he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's got a great work ethic. So he, he demands that you, the attention of two players, which then frees up this guy, Neymar, with his great individual brilliance. And the other man, the, 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 the little-known Messi. Mm. I suppose, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? If you, you can try and stop one, but then another yeah. one might get you. And if one's having an off night, well, the other two will get you. But, right but I think that's the, that's the big thing as well. Yeah. Arsenal, who are in our league, are very adventurous. Yeah. Um, they, they dictate the, 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 the play in, in games. If they dare go and do that against Barcelona, they will be opened up and taken apart. They need to go, I believe they need to try and contain them and hit them on the counter-attack. Yeah. Like they've done against Bayern. Yeah. Elsewhere, Manchester City, you, you would fancy to go through, Michael? You would. They've been given a favourable Although draw. they've struggled the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they have struggled, but this is a chance. I think the Champions League is their holy grail, really. They're wanting uh, this tournament more than anything, and I think they've been given a good opportunity, yeah. uh, progress through a reasonably tricky group. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you'd got to favour them. Yeah. Second leg back at the Etihad as well. Final thought, Rafa, yeah, reasonably brief. Who, who do you think is going to win the Champions League this season? At the moment, I think that the Bayer, Barcelona, and obviously I have to support Real Madrid because they have very good players, <laughs> but they think that 
Yeah. These teams uh, are a little okay. bit ahead. Thanks for listening to the Champions League podcast. We'll be back again next week for more of the best insight and analysis. See you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.